0: The NFL season is about to begin and nobody covers it like the Locked On Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's lineup of NFL experts. Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Sooners, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma Sooners. Part
1: of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey there, Sooners Nation, and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Sooners Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is John Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams, and you can read my work covering the Oklahoma Sooners over at the SoonersWire at usaday.com. And joining me tonight, we've got, or today, we're recording it Monday night for Tuesday's show. Joining me, we got Tyler McComas. You know him from 1400 in Norman. Now it's called The Ref. You can also hear him in 94.7 FM in Oklahoma City. Tyler how you doing man
1: I am uh, officially ready for football season I'm so desperate that I'm gonna watch Nebraska and Illinois coming up here in a few days that's how desperate for football that I am
0: oh man you got to like that's that's like you got to do that look ahead scouting to get ready for the the Scott Frost Nebraska Cornhuskers
1: yeah I hope Scott Frost makes it to the Oklahoma game you know with everything that's been going bad um there there is rock bottom and I feel like rock bottom might be losing to a bad Illinois team in week zero so I don't have high expectations for them when they come to Norman and uh, I think it's gonna be a tough year for them but excited man excited to get football back and it's gonna look a a lot more normal this year which is really good
0: yeah and it's it, it gets it's getting exciting and I think you're starting to see the fan bases start to gain a little bit of momentum as the season gets closer I mean now we're just 11 days away on Tuesday it's it's crazy that it feels like it took forever to get here but now it's just right around the corner and sticking with Nebraska real quick I've, I've talked to several people you know over the last couple months you know once that game was it was kind of on and off and on and and you know just talking about how excited people are to have that game back on the schedule you know a former big eight rival, big 12 rival that they haven't played in a decade. How excited are you for this game to to be back on the schedule, even though Nebraska isn't really the Nebraska of old?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. Um, Is the game going to be close? Well, probably not. And if it is, we're going to have some huge issues. The fans are at least coming out of that game. But if you think about it from OU's standpoint, You know, you play your standard Big 12 schedule every single year, you know, and TCU might bring a good team into Norman, but they only bring like 50 or 60 fans. Texas Tech, you know, they're going to bring 25, 30 fans. Um, Kansas basically brings no fans. You kind of get the point. It's this is a blue blood in in college football and blue bloods appreciate other blue bloods in the sport. Now, people can debate one way or the other if Nebraska is still a blue blood or not, but they're going to bring a lot of fans. They're going to bring a lot of people. It's just going to be a really cool atmosphere. It's going to be a really cool environment. And OU doesn't really get a whole lot of those with their current home schedule, you know? And that's kind of the the main complaint. That was the main gripe about the Big 12 is, you know, you don't really bring in a whole lot of teams that – you know, really care about football, have a good time in Norman. The fact that Nebraska is going to bring so many people here, you can relive the, the good old days in the sport, I guess. It's it's just going to be really fun to, to have a fan base that cares as much about football as you do because, man, we get one of these like once every three, four years, something like that. So it's it's, it's going to be really cool. I mean, I don't, again, I don't expect the game to be close, but before and after the game is going to be pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. I mean, even though they haven't been very good in recent years, there's still a team that brings a lot of history to the table and the, and the matchup itself brings a hundred years of history to the table. And like you said, you don't get that with many of your big 12 rivals and, and that's what makes the SEC so appealing, especially when you consider bringing a team like Alabama to Norman one, one year, that's going to be a fantastic atmosphere just in the city itself. And it's going to bring a lot of excitement and energy. And I'm, I'm excited about this game. I, I, I was, I was not always a big 12 fan or Oklahoma fan. I became an Oklahoma fan, you know, about 15, 16 years ago or so, but I still remember just the intensity between those Oklahoma and Nebraska Cornhusker matchups. And, and it was just a lot of fun to watch on the Saturday afternoon when you didn't really have a rooting interest at the time. So I mean, I'm excited for it too. And I think it's just going to be one of those games that will have a ton of energy, even if, like you said, the score doesn't reflect um, what the history of the game has been. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, the uniform matchup is worth the price of admission, yeah. right? If, if neither school messes it up, if right. OU just wears their traditional home uniform and Nebraska wears their road white in that helmet with the red end on the side of it, it's it's a great uniform matchup. If nothing else, man, it's going to be awesome. And I just really feel, and I know that this is like a way too early hot prediction, Nebraska trying to cancel that game, trying to get out of that game. A lot of that was Scott Frost. I guess he went over the head of the old AD there. I feel like OU's really going to build that up on the week of the game. And I think that that day on September 18th, we're going to see the best version of Oklahoma, man. You know, I, there, There's a lot of respect there amongst the fan bases, but I think Oklahoma's going to come out. I think it's going to be an incredible, incredible atmosphere. They're going to feed off of it. And um, how good we think this team can be, I think that we're going to see that in week three just because it's so much build up. The atmosphere is going to be awesome. This team is, this team's going to play really well that day. And I think it's going to show up on the scoreboard that night. Or that yeah.
0: afternoon. Yeah. It's, it, it's a good chance that they're going to be showing up to that game two and zero. Oh. I mean, we got it two lane coming up first. They're a team yeah. that went six and six last year. Then they got Western Carolina after that, but you don't really think there's going to be much trouble with either of those teams, but heading into that one, I think you're right. They're going to be, so in the zone and so tuned in for what that game means just in the history of the sport, but also for what it means in more recent history, like you said, them trying to get out of the game. I think it's going to have Oklahoma players just fired up, ready to go say, Hey, you, you were trying to, you're trying to get out of this. Well, we're going to give it to you even more. So I think they're going to have a lot of fun with that. Now looking ahead to the 2021 season, We've talked a little bit about Nebraska. We've talked about that. But how are you feeling just in general about this team with just 11 days to go until Tulane?
1: I feel, I mean, I feel good about it. I I think we all thought we would feel good heading into the offseason. And, you know, nothing has really changed uh, defensively. I mean, I, I think that this is going to be the best defense they've had since 2009. I think. Not only are they good up front on the D-line, they are deep. They can get after the quarterback. This D-line is legit, man. And that's one of the most important things, maybe the most important thing to any championship football team. Can you stop the run? Can you get after the quarterback? This defense can do both those things. I think this linebacker core is deep. I think it's talented. I think the secondary, which has been an issue in the past, man, you know, smaller corners back there, smaller safeties, they're not small anymore. They're they're big, they're fast, they're rangy. This is going to be a defense that is extremely opportunistic. And I know when Alex Grinch got here a big talking point was turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And they just weren't creating it. I mean, they do it a whole season only creating 11 turnovers, which is is hard to only create 11 turnovers in a season. Right. These these guys are going to get after the quarterback. They're going to cause havoc. Um, this this defense is going to be fun to watch, you know. And even though OU's been winning a lot of Big 12 championships, you know, it hasn't been the most pleasant watch in the past because, you know, OU fans, they didn't grow up and this program wasn't designed to win 59-56 games or 62-52 games like they've been winning in the past. Like, this is a product now with this team that you can really be proud of if you're an OU fan because you recognize the backbone of this program. is all about defense. And defensively, they're going to be special this year, man. They they really are. I, I'd be shocked if they're not the best defense in the big 12. Um, and I think that they're going to be a top 10 defense nationally this year. You look at offen- you look at on the offense and Rattler is the key piece back. I think he's going to make a giant step this year, the wide receiver core. I-, I know a lot of people think that that's a question. I think that they're going to be really good. I think that they've got so many guys Marvin Mims. I love coming back this year. I think Austin Stogner, if he's healthy, if he's there mentally, I think he could have a Mark Andrews 2017 type of year where we're kind of waiting on him, waiting on him, waiting on him. And then, bam, he ends up being a Mackey Award winner and the best tight end in college football. I think Stogner has that in him. Then you're talking about Jaden Hazelwood. You're talking about Mario Williams. You got Drake Stoops back. You got Theo Weese coming back. I, I just think that this wide receiver core is really deep. I think a lot of people are sleeping on him. I think they'll be good. The The, the question this year is how good will they be on the offensive line? Can they consistently run the football? If the answer to that is they're really good up front, then this team can and probably will win a national championship. But if the offensive line is a question mark moving forward, winning a title is obviously more of a question. So, you know, you can talk about this team all you want, and I know we'll do that here, but it's really about the O-line. Can can the O-line get to a championship level by the end of the season? That's, that's That's the key ingredient here.
2: And i have more
0: of my conversation with Tyler McComas and Parker Thune here after I talk to you about sweat block. There are a few things in life that are just aren't fun to talk about. One of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're sweating through your shirts for no reason, it's embarrassing, right? I know this isn't life and death, and there are much worse problems in the world, but let's be honest. In the moment, it feels like a big deal. Nobody likes to pit out during an important speech, interview, or first date. I'd much rather not worry about it. And that's why you've got SweatBlock. Sweat block is the doctor-created, doctor-recommended antiperspirant that is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at night before bedtime. You go to bed. The next morning, you wake up, wash, and go about your day without worry about sweat. Guaranteed. I know this will sound too good to be true, but SweatBlock offers you the no sweat guarantee. No more pitting out. No more picking shirts based on which one will hide sweat better. You can use sweat Block. If you or someone you love is dealing with this, you have to check out Sweat Block. Get it today for 20% off at sweatblock.com using our promo code Locked On, or at Amazon and CVS. Yeah, and let's stick with the offensive line, really, because we got Wanya Morris coming in, taking over at left tackle. And then they got Andrew Rame coming in over at center. And you heard Bill Biedenboe talk about him. He says he's, he's elite in as many aspects of playing center as you can think of. Now, what is it? Does that change your perception of what this offensive line could be in 2021, with the head coach just publicly pronouncing this guy is an elite player? It pretty much just erased the center competition. I feel like in that one press conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, it doesn't change my line about or change my mind about the O line because Andrew Rame is at center. It's it's kind of a similar situation to early on in Creed Humphrey's career. I believe it was this Jonathan Alvarez, that he was kind of battling for that spot. Cree took that over, man, and he had one of the best years of his career. So I think it's a good thing for the present. I think it's a really good thing for the future that Andrew Rain has seemingly taken that position. And I know Parker Thune has joined us now. I think it's so critical that he's taken over that center position because it allows maybe a couple other guys, Chris Murray, the UCLA transfer, to maybe move in that guard role. You know, the fact that he's taken over that center position so early – has maybe freed up one or two guys to see if they can fit at other spots on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, and hey, we got Parker Thune now joining us from OU Insider at 247 Sports. And now also, you can hear him on 1400, the ref in Norman and 94.7 in Oklahoma City. Parker, how's it going, man?
2: Oh, sorry, John. I was muted. Apparently, a year (laughs) and a half into the Zoom era, I still haven't gotten the hang of that button. But I'm doing fantastic. Awesome to be here with you guys. And uh, excited to talk some Missouri Football.
0: Yeah, so we're talking about the offensive line right now, and you know the question marks still remain. We still haven't seen this team or this offensive line unit kind of forged together as a unit on a game day yet. They're replacing two starters. What, what's your take on the offensive line heading into Tulane just 11 days away?
2: Well, I think as Tyler was discussing, uh, and having Andrew Rame virtually locked into that center position – I think removes a huge question mark. And if there's one position on the offensive line that you wouldn't like to have a question mark, historically speaking, it's center. That's why Oklahoma's offensive line was so stable during the duration of Creed Humphrey's tenure as the starting center. Although you may have had some shifting pieces here and there, ultimately, you know, that Bill Bedenboe is going to find the five guys that best fit uh, his rotation and guys that he can count on. And you're not going to see a whole lot of shuffling. I don't think once non-conference play wraps up, but I think having Rain virtually locked in as your starting center allows you to have some semblance of stability heading into the opener and obviously you know, you don't have everything figured out. Anton Harrison looks good at tackle, but Wanya Morris, obviously we get the impression throughout camp that uh, he's been iffy with an injury. They're working Tyrese Robinson at right tackle, which leads you to believe that maybe Chris Murray gets the knot at right guard. So I'll be interested to see how it all shakes out. But I think you can say for certain at this point that Andrew Raym is going to be your starting center. And to me, that is the biggest answer to the biggest question.
0: And we know that they're going to they're going to be good. I mean, how good? That's definitely the question. I mean, Bill Bidenbo, he does a great job of turning over the offensive line. It's just a matter of can they rise to the level of national championship caliber offensive line? To me, that's I feel like it's still a fair question until we see them get on the football field and actually put it together.
2: Well, and I've said it before, I'll say it again. If there's one positional group on this team that you want to be the question mark, not that you wish instability upon any coach in that group, but if there's one positional group where you want there to be some uncertainty, it's the offensive line. Because what do we know for an absolute certainty It's that Bill Biedenboe is going to have his unit, whatever it looks like on a roll by the time conference play rolls around. And whatever questions remain right now will be certainly answered by then. If there's one coach that has developed a reputation for cultivating stability, whatever that looks like, it's Bill Beaton. The fact that the offensive line is the biggest question mark right now for Oklahoma, I would say is actually more of an encouragement than anything, because it lends a lot of optimism to what the other positional groups on both sides of the football are going to look like heading into this season.
0: Yeah, before we were talking about the offensive line, you know, Tyler was touching on the wide receiver group and we were talking about the depth of it. And I'm excited about this depth as well. And and someone we didn't really touch on, Tyler, is Mike Woods. And he's a guy that averaged 18 yards per reception for Arkansas. Like that's to me that you have to be really, really good to average 18 yards per reception in the SEC. And with one of his big his biggest games against LSU last year, he's a guy that I'm really intrigued by how he's going to fit into the wide receiver rotation is really interesting. Tyler. Now we, we talked about Marvin Mims. He's obviously going to be one of your starters looking at like he's going to start in the slot. we got Theo Weiss as well. Who's coming back tied with Marvin Mims for the team lead in receptions last year. How do you figure the wide receiver rotation is going to fit for the rest of these guys? I mean, it is a deep group and you got, you want to get these guys on the field because there's a ton of talent, but how do you feel like they're going to use those other guys in the wide receiver rotation?
1: Well, I mean, maybe that's still being sorted out in the non-conference portion of the schedule. But one name, or really a couple of names that I would expect to be in there. I I think we're gonna get to see Mario Williams early on in the season. I'd also throw in Jaden Hazelwood. I mean, we all remember that catch that he had in the spring game. Um, this is his chance. This is this is his year. If he's gonna be a big time player at OU, it feels like it's got to happen this year. But maybe, you know, the most athletically gifted wide receiver. In that entire group, I mean, that you can make an argument that that's Jaden Hazenwood. So this almost feels like a year to me that it's either going to be a giant boom and he's out of here next year going to the NFL draft, or he doesn't take that next step and maybe he's in the portal at the end of the year. It, it almost feels like to me, either way, this is going to be his last year at OU. The question is, is he going to be in the NFL or is he going to be playing college football somewhere else? But. If I had to make a depth chart today, yeah, I'd probably go Mims, I'd probably go Weast, and I'd probably go Hazelwood, but that is definitely subject to change uh, starting here in a couple of weeks.
0: And I think it could be even massive dependent, just depending on the defensive backs that they face. If they feel like they need a guy with more athleticism out there, it'll be Jaden Hazelwood. If they feel like they need a guy with a little bit more speed and downfield ability, maybe it's Mike Woods or Mario Williams. It's It could be really interesting. It, Lincoln Riley is going to have a good time mixing and matching his wide receiver groups. And it's it's interesting to me that, You said that Hazelwood has this this big range of potential outcomes for his 2021 season. I kind of made the bold prediction that he could actually lead the Oklahoma Sooners in, in receiving this year. And I know that that's a big stretch given that Marvin Mims is who Marvin Mims is, but because he's so athletic and he's a guy that you could throw any ball to and he's going to have a chance to come down with it, which we know Spencer Rattler has never seen a throw that he couldn't make. Jaden Hazelwood might be his best friend this year as Spencer Rattler wants to throw it into double and triple coverage at times, feeling like he can just fit a ball in wherever he goes. And we got more of my conversation with Tyler McComas and Parker Thune coming up after the break, but let me talk to you about Rock auto. RockAuto.com is the family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for more than 20 years. Whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic, you can get the best prices at RockAuto.com. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership when you can go to RockAuto.com and save Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. They have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solutions for your auto parts needs. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. And it's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest 200,000 NFL survivor contests open now at Bet Online. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. If you put in $100... Bet online will give you $100. You put in $500, bet online will give you $500. So be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wage will, will be refunded up to $25. This is for new customers only when signing up using promo code NFL100. Go to BetOnline. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Make sure you use promo code Locked On when signing up to get that 100% welcome bonus. Go to betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And betting on the Oklahoma Sooners doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. You know, let's talk about the running back position a little bit because, Parker, this was a position that had a pretty tumultuous offseason. You know, you had several guys get into some legal issues. We won't get into that. Uh, We had a guy in Trajan Bridges hit the transfer portal. And then you got a guy, Kennedy Brooks, coming back. The guy that I'm most excited to watch coming back this year. You got Eric Gray in the transfer portal, Trey Bradford in the transfer portal. And then steady as he goes, man, Marcus Major is back as well. And four deep at running back. I feel like this is a really solid group. How are you feeling about running back?
2: You know, John, I never figured that we would be sitting here having this discussion, expressing a ton of optimism about the Sooners running back room if you had told me that the Sooners from 2020 to 2021 were going to retain 35 carries and all of them belong to Marcus Major. <laughs> yeah. It's just absurd that that's where we're at. And granted, I don't think. Things have unfolded in a way that people would have expected them to unfold as far as the evolution of that OU running back room, but I think you have to love what you've got going in the one-two punch of Kennedy Brooks and Eric Gray this year. You know, you get Brooks, a guy that's a downfield runner, the guy that my man Colin Kennedy says all the time, he makes eight yards look like four. And it's very true. He's just an easy, natural runner who's so good at finding the holes and exploding through them. And then you've got a guy in gray who's just an extremely versatile weapon out of the backfield. A guy that you can do a lot with both in the running game and the passing game. And a guy that, as you saw in the spring game, is a home run threat every time he touches the ball. And the fact that he was able to accrue upwards of 1,000 scrimmage yards last year in a Tennessee offense that was just atrocious. I mean, he and Mike Woods are in very similar boats there in that they're both coming from SEC schemes that were not necessarily conducive to a great degree of production from either one of them. Now they're stepping into one of the most prolific offensive schemes in the nation. And you can only imagine how high they're going to fly now that their job has become that much easier.
0: And Tyler, how are you feeling about the running back room going into 2021?
1: I think on paper, it looks fantastic. Um, you know, Eric Gray had a couple of nice years at Tennessee. I mean, especially judging what he had around him, that, you know, hey, he had nice numbers. Of course, Kennedy Brooks, you know, two 1,000 yard years, and we'll see what you got with Trey Bradford. I think on paper, it's fine. You just can't, you can't suffer any injuries, man. You know, and, and if you're able to stay healthy this year, I think that that running back core could end up being pretty good. The wild card, and I just mentioned him, is is just that, Trey Bradford. Now, he, he was a highly talented running back coming out of high school, didn't get much action for LSU last year. But maybe he could be kind of a surprise. Maybe he can be a bonus. Maybe he's someone that you didn't think was going to be a one or two guy heading into the year. But we're sitting there in late October or November saying, dang, I mean, that was a really nice bonus to have coming in. You, you, you thought that Brooks and Gray might be your one, too, and maybe that could be the case, but this kid can really play as well. So I think on paper, it looks great. Um, you've got high upside here for Trey Bradford, who apparently looked really good early on in camp. Uh, maybe he got banged up a little bit and is kind of getting back going again. On paper, it looks fantastic, and I, I expect huge things for Eric Gray. He is a perfect back for this offense. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He's versatile in the open field. Um, he's really kind of a do-everything-back and a home-run hitter at that position. But again, I mean, as much talent as I think that they have there, this goes to the offensive line, right? If this O-line is good, that running back room will be fine. They'll be good. All depends on what kind of a push they can get up front. That really is, as I said in the beginning, the catalyst to this entire offense and maybe the most important factor of this entire season.
0: Yeah, and as, as we're talking about Eric Gray, I just get visions of Joe Mixon a little bit. Now he's not the same size player that he is, but he's the same. He's got the same versatility. Something that you can split out into the slot, split out wide, and you can throw him a pass deep. You can throw a you know a pass down the seam to Eric Gray and get him on the move or get him in the open field and get the ball in his hands. And that's going to be that's going to be really fun to watch. I mean, there's several guys that I feel like are highly anticipated debuts for the Oklahoma Sooners or returns that I think a lot of fans are going to be really really excited to see. Uh, when they play two lane and, and just throughout the season. And that's going to do it for today's episode of the Lockdown Sooners Podcast. Make sure you tune in for tomorrow's episode where I'll have part two of my conversation with Tyler McComas and Parker Soon. If you want to check that out, we're available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and the Odyssey app. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Sooners and on Facebook, Lockdown Sooners Podcast. And until tomorrow, I'm John Williams, Boomer Sooner.